Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Life 360 podcast. We will probably come up with a more clever name for it than that eventually, but for now, it's the Life 360 podcast. Uh, my name is Jim Tinsley, and I'm here with... I'm Sharon Mason. Who I like to just call Mason. And if you scream it like just a Mason, it like gives it a flair yeah. that you can have. I enjoy that a little bit more. But uh, the Life 360 podcast is uh, is this at Hope Church. It's it's designed to encourage and equip the body of Hope Church. That's what we're hopeful for. Yeah, but it's not just for the people of Hope. I mean, if you aren't from Hope, and you happen to have stumbled on this podcast right now. We are glad you are with us. But um, ultimately, it is really to help the people of Hope help each other as they live the life. Yeah. And so the life, if you don't know, at Hope is our vision. It's to love God, love others, uh, multiply, you know, in, in this world. Um, and so that's where we are. And the Life 360, this thing we keep referring to, is is this arm of, of Hope Church that is saying, hey, how do we help encourage our body? Um, and how do we help equip our body to live the life? It's not information for information's sake. It is us trying to say, Hey, as as we are a people of hope, this is what we've experienced trying to follow God and live life with God. So there's two two arms of the Life 360. There's a programming arm um, where once every six months we kind of do stuff as a body to establish a rhythm of rest in our church. And then there's what we're calling a storytelling arm, which I I don't know if that language will stay either. But by storytelling, I just mean it's we are sharing our stories of walking with God. Um, and this is where this podcast resides. Uh, today you get me and and Mason kind of talking about uh, the dilemma of distraction in the world um, that we have and we feel. Um, and, you know, yeah, and we'll, you know, we're thinking about doing 15 or 16 of these to kind of say, hey, these are these dilemmas uh, that we have and how does how does the Bible address them and then what's a practical discipline that we can do to be a part of it. All right. I think we should get started. Absolutely. All right. So you want to talk about distractions. I think we kind of need to even define what a distraction is. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so I'll... Um, but before I answer, I'll throw it back to you. What's a definition of distraction? Oh, man. Uh, distraction to me is anything that keeps me from doing what I should be doing. So if we're talking about distractions with the life, what is it that is keeping me from living the life that God's called us to live? How okay. did I do? I like it. Is there a difference for you between distraction like spiritual distraction and work distraction or family distraction or I don't know if there's much of a difference um because I each one it's just where's your focus or am I focusing on spiritual things am I focusing on family am I focusing on work but a distraction is going to keep me from doing it the way the best of my ability I think yeah and when I play it out for me I, I look at when I'm at home, like let's say I have a goal, you know, for for my my Monday off day, and it's to do, you know, the laundry, to sweep, to blah blah blah, to to take care of, you know, all the all, all the, the home things, things yeah. all the home things. Um, I can get distracted from those uh, and not accomplish them, right? 
But when I think of it spiritually, so let's say I'm waking up and I'm going to engage God in some way. Um, if I get distracted from that, uh, that tends to have an overarching kind of movement on my life that's different than if I just don't finish the laundry. Like, if I don't finish the laundry, I'm kind of like not achieving something. Mm-hmm. But if I don't connect with God, uh, then it's... The effects will be throughout the day. Yeah, it's not an achievement-based thing that I'm processing. It's more of a... Does that make sense? It does, but my concern is that you have made spiritual a separate entity. I know. And I don't want to like, do that. Yeah. Like it, when you're doing your life of mowing the grass and laundry and so forth, that's not spiritual. And I would disagree. Right. I think the life is all of our life, including all those elements. Yeah, no, I would totally agree. I just... When I think of a goal I'm setting, like to mow the lawn, if I achieve it, then like I get to check it off the list. And if I and if I win, like if I didn't get distracted, then it's like, oh, I won. <laughs> but if I if I claim that same thing with my walk with God, then it's like, oh, I wake up. And it's like a checklist. It, it's a checklist and it doesn't work. So does that make No, that yeah. makes sense. So I'm trying like they you're right. I don't I don't like that what do they call that? The the sacred, you know, um, secular. I don't like that divide either. Um, but I I do think there's something in it that when we're talking about our spiritual connection with God, to live the life with God, um, it's different than like, oh, I mowed the lawn or right. I did my taxes or mm-hmm. like there's a difference at play there. Um, I think we've probably talked enough about distracted. But what what we're focusing on, what we're trying to focus on here is that that nature of, um, you know, I like your definition. Anything that pulls you away from really what you want to be doing what we really want to be doing all throughout our day is living the life with God. So if I'm doing the dishes, I'm doing it in a way that honors and glorifies God. Um, and, and we can, you know, Jesus talks about this as abiding with him throughout the day, praying consistently, Paul says, all those things. Like we want to talk about, you know, what's keeping us from being with God consistently. So Absolutely. Is that fair? Right. So how do you, what's a good way to go about this? Do you have a plan on how we're going to start talking about some of these distractions or what do you think? Yeah, I think um, I love to listen to sports podcasts. Oh, yeah. So, um, so I thought we'd do a draft. Ah. Uh, so I texted about, I don't know, 50, 70 people that I know at Hope, all the way from junior high students up to old people. And uh, no offense, old people. And I just asked them a question about what what distracts them, what keeps them from kind of connecting with God and, and living the life with God. We got a bunch of answers. I sent some answers to you. Yep. Uh, I have it. And... We're going to draft them. It's it's like not a draft of things you necessarily want, but we're going to draft them. Um, so you'll get the first pick, 
and I'll, you know, second pick and you can have the sure. third and, and we'll just kind of chat about them. I actually don't know what you're picking. Uh, I think you told me once and I forgot. So That's okay. That's okay. We'll see how this so, works. So are we ready? The first pick for the distraction from living the life for me, I chose family. What? I'm serious. And I know. Focus on the family, what? all that stuff, how we are to be cultivating good, healthy family life. And I mean, family's a good thing. Good gravy. You just oh, uh, left Michael Jordan for pick number two. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> <laughs> now, hear me out here because I'm, yeah. I, I'm right, serious. Make here. your case. Make all your right. case. With family, it can become a distraction. And I think it is a distraction for many people. And it can look a lot of different ways. So I'm just going to really quickly go through some of the ways that it can look like a distraction. And you can jump in and okay. you can you know disagree or agree or whatever. Uh, one thing is our idea of what we think the family should look like. We had this like hallmark view of what the family should be. And especially just think about your holidays. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, this is what it's supposed to be. And these perceptions, we, we kind of want everything to look like that when they're not going to measure up. Your family won't measure up and because okay. it's, it's not attainable. And so what we do is we come dis become disappointed and we're frustrated with our families and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's, it's a problem. This idea of what we think our family is supposed to be becomes a distraction to living the life I think God's called us to be. I do. Okay. Can you give me just, you've said it two or three times, the idea of what our family should look like. What is, like, I think most people would say, like, there's stuff out there that's like, hey, give me, you know, how do you have a, how do you set up a Christian family? The whole Deuteronomy 6 thing. Oh, yeah. Of like, it's, and it's all good. It's all, you know, but like, so what is, what is the difference between the idea and the perception and trying to be a good Christian parent. I got you. I got you. Yeah. All right. Uh, our hallmark picture of what a family devotion looks like. We are going to sit on the couch and you, the kids are going to be on the floor looking up to you, dad, and saying, teach me about Jesus, dad. And you're going to read the Bible and ask questions. And that's what some of our hallmark family devotions look like. It's not going to happen. That's, it just doesn't happen. And you're going to have kids who are fighting and rolling over each other. And what happens is you end up sending them all to their room and you got frustrated and you're like, I can't do this. And you're done. That my, would be an example. My, I have three boys. You yeah. know them, obviously. Uh, I will. I didn't tell them I was going to share about them on this podcast, but it's going to come out. I have three boys. When they were young, my oldest is like... He has a memory of a, like, I don't know. He didn't, yeah, he just has a great, great memory. And so he, you would ask, and my, my middle one likes to feel and like, he likes to like really get into stuff. So I would ask a question. My older one would be like, here's the answer done. And my middle oh, one would be like, well, but let's like process it, you know, in like oh, no. seven year old voice. And my older one would be like, no, I answered it. We're done. Like, what's the next question? <laughs> and it was just infuriating as the dad. And also, you know, to your Hallmark point, 
dinner time, I would just leave. Like I would just eventually be like, this is the worst thing ever. Dinner was supposed to look some way in my head and it just, oh. It's hard. It's still. It's hard. I'll just give you one more with family. And that is um, just resistance. It Mm. is, you get the resistance. It could be from your spouse. It could be from your kids. I don't want to go. I don't want to do it. And it's just a constant, constant resistance that could be there. And you just give up. It's just like, fine. It's easier. You whatever we'll just watch it online if yeah. we're watching online or whatever you know yeah. and you just get tired of fighting the battle and that leads me to the main thing is we're exhausted mm-hmm. we're exhausted with trying to get our family to be what we think it's supposed to be we're exhausted with the busyness of the family where the needs of the family and I mean, they're real needs. I mean, right. your child needs to be cared for. You need to do laundry. You need to, and right. but you're just exhausted. So the thought of getting up early to do a devotion is just like I can't do it. Right. You know, or the thought of whatever. We're exhausted. Yeah. Okay, it's a so. worthy, it's a worthy first pick. And for those who are listening and wondering. Are you going to solve anything? Just remember, there's three chunks to this podcast, and and I don't know that so, I don't know that we'll solve anything. But we we're going to draft the distractions, and then we're going to talk in section two or chunk two of the podcast just about what do we do with these distractions. So we'll circle back to you know some examples of family and what does it look like in the Bible and blah 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 and then in, in that in chunk three we'll talk about um, you know maybe some things we can do uh, to, to deal with that all right that was my first pick Tinsley it's your you're up well yeah and you left me what I thought I assumed your first pick would be technology. And I assumed my first pick, um, and so now I'm now I'm struggling. Do I go? Does the first pick fall to three? Uh, good gravy! Um, I don't think I can do it. I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna go. My first pick is gonna be technology. All right, uh, let's hear it. So technology, aka phones, social media, entertainment. Uh, you know, TV. Yeah, I think TV falls in, you know, because, you know, old people. Uh, sorry, old people. Uh, we, <laughs> what, I'm one, so we like to watch TV. Like, we like to scroll through. We know what we're talking about here. Like, click, 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 down, down, until we find some dumb movie. Um, but phones are, you know, ever prevalent in our lives. Um, and I think we get... I think they're used as a distraction. So I'm, I'm going to label out this in a couple ways. Um, my, my wife and my son uh, were talking the other day, and, and we were all talking about distraction, not actually related to this. But they, they watched something uh, on, I think, Netflix. I don't know what it was. But they were talking about how distraction long ago was like, you know, distraction that you and I faced in, like, math class when we were growing up. Like, you look out the window, and there's a bird, and we're like, bird. Like, I wonder what that would look like. Uh, I had someone tell me when I was bored in college, 
college that I should just imagine all of my professors as Muppets, which was <laughs> one of the best distractions ever. Because um, you would, anyway. Uh, so if you, just if you want to be distracted sometime listening to Stephen Kirk, uh, you can think of him as a Muppet. It'll, anyway, I shouldn't say that. Uh, so, but like that is a very, I don't know the word, I'm going to use the word passive form of uh, distraction, where now everything is active. It demands something of you. So our normal form of distraction now is a phone or a TV or a, like it's demanding, like it, it has, so it holds. And then, you know, all the scientists all there talk about the dopamine drop and all that stuff. So you get addicted. So you're playing your little Angry Birds game or whatever game you have. Mine is the Daily Dadish for my family. And, you know, it gives you this dopamine drop that says, you're doing great. You're awesome. Well done. And you like, and now we're like, yay. And technology is in it. So one point of the technological thing, and, and, and this is, you know, people have made points on this forever. And again, this podcast isn't information for information's sake. But to, to me, I think that's, I thought that was really insightful um, about it. So I don't know. Do so you you're wanna... saying it keeps you from living the life? Well, yeah, it keeps you from living the life because it it is demanding your attention. It's not like I look out the window and I get distracted and I can call myself to something else, mm -hmm. um, you know, either back to math class or to a thought about God. It's really me coming in and saying, okay, well, how do I, you know, I, yeah, I it just calls me to something. It calls me to the phone. It calls me to things. Oh, yeah. So, it's a slippery slope. I mean, you right. see, how many times have you been on your phone thinking, okay, I'm just going to play this game for five minutes. That's it. Yeah. I've got five minutes. I'm going to do that. And then I need to be doing something else. And that five becomes 10, becomes yes. 30, becomes hours. Yes. And that could be a game you're playing. It could be, you know, something you're watching, social media, whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, so the second thing I'll say about technology is, and this is to your point right here, five minutes becomes 10, becomes 20, becomes an hour. There's, you know, I talked to, I talked to my, my boys about the phone and TV and video games and all of it can be a hobby. Um, so it has the same slot as like, I have one swimmer and I have one, I think who would say, he's kind of getting out of it now, but a gamer, like younger, he would say he's a gamer. So the, those, they fill the same slots. Like he wanted to be an esports guy for a while. The swimmer is a competitive swimmer. It fills the same hobby slot, but where they don't fill the same slot is, you know, the phone and the esports the e and stuff tend to be able to go to distraction pretty quickly, which you can then go to escapism and oh, then yeah. you can then go to habit and then you mm. can then go to addiction pretty quickly. So there's five things, hobby, distraction, escapism, uh, habit, addiction. Four of those are really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Where for swim... You know, it can go to hobby and it can go to identity sucker. Like he can put his whole identity in it, which is bad, but it it doesn't have the same 
like addictive quality. Now, you can we can talk about exercise and how the science and it releases endorphins and all that stuff. It's still there, but I think the phone is a challenge. Technology is a challenge because if I get overwhelmed by something, what do I do? Do I run to God or do I run to distraction? And if I run to distraction enough, it becomes escapism. And if I run to escapism enough because I get overwhelmed and I get overwhelmed a lot, then it becomes habit. And if it becomes habit, then it becomes I'm addicted to the phone. Wow. And that, I think, is why it's pick number two. All right. All right. Am I up? You're up. And okay. I'm terrified to what you're going to do. No, 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 no. Are you no. going to leave my, my original second pick? I'm not sure. Okay. I'm going to go with, um, I'm, I think you called it responsibilities. Okay. Responsibilities or more specifically your job. Okay. And... You Obviously, did. you left me pick number two. I'm All right. Saying. Okay, that's you're good. You're crazy. Oh, no, 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 no. I do think your our jobs can become a distraction for living the life. I really do. Um, just look at time alone. The amount of time that we spend on our job and where we know that our job, you know, fits into the life, it it doesn't necessarily. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to have that mindset. Um, it's taking up your time and, you know, you, you may be sitting in a cubicle the whole day just messing with numbers if that's your job. I'm so glad it's not mine, but it could be someone's job. And okay. you might be thinking, how is this possibly living the life? I mean, I do nothing. I don't even interact with people. I interact with numbers. And that's just one job. I mean, there's right. so many others, but it's like a lack of understanding of how your job can be part of living the life and the amount of time that you're spending on it um and it's not only the nine to five as we know many people it's a lot longer Mm -hmm. or you're bringing work home and that kind of stuff money look at the money aspect and how that's a distraction um where you know we we need to obviously have money i mean it doesn't it's not a bad thing we're not to go out and quit our jobs but we've got to real figure out how does living the life fit into it what does that look like you know to provide for my family mm-hmm. and live my life in my job in a way that honors god identity what's the first question someone asks you when they meet you <laughs> you know yeah what do you do what do you do Yep. And that's becomes our identity is your job. And that's, that's not biblical. Right. Right. And I mean, you, all three of these basically, and it's fascinating. So when we get to the next part, we'll have to talk about it, but you mentioned identity and family, you mentioned identity and job and in technology, what technology has really tried to do is define us. Oh, look, so, at, look at how even the commercials you get right. are just for you. Yeah. And it's all, it becomes yeah. your identity. It's identity. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I agree. So that is my second pick. Is a job, um, I don't even know how to answer the, ask the question, so maybe I shouldn't. Uh, 
but I, I'm just thinking like when we talk about responsibility and job and, and all the stuff that comes with it, cause it's not only job, it's, uh, you, you, you jump on a committee cause your sure. kids are doing X, Y, and Z. So now you're in a committee or you're on a school board or you're on mm-hmm. a, you know, you're volunteering here, you know, maybe at hope. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it could even be a responsibility of your caring for your parents now. Yep. And it's just a responsibility that you have that you have to do it. I mean, it's a, or you're choosing to do it. Right. And all of those things, just, just, you know, so people hear us, all of those things are godly things. Absolutely. So we're not saying that they're not godly things. We're saying that sometimes they can distract us from actually connecting and being with God and living the life. Okay. All right, okay. your second pick. I mean, yeah, you've left me the top two picks. So oh, I'm, come I'm on. very excited come on. with my starting five here. Um, and I I think, yeah. I think. All right, well, let's hear it. Here we go. Uh, this is similar to responsibilities. So maybe it's a little bit cheating, but in the original list, they were separate. So I'm going to keep them separate. Uh, the to-do list. Ah, uh, yes. AKA, and this is these are the different answers people have given. Um, busyness, all the stuff to do, the tyranny of the urgent. Um, and I, you know, I, I just said this, but I'm going to say it again. I think it's very important that we say your to-do list isn't bad. No. All the business, personal, productivity, plan stuff that you've been through, it's all good. It's all fine. Uh, you know, we're not here to attack your strategies, you know, for how to organize your life. Um, but it boils down, I think, to how do we, how does the to-do list not become us and how do we bring God into that to-do list? I think of it in two ways. There's survival mode. Um, it's like, you know, when you're in survival mode, it's like one thing after the other. You know, so uh, you go from work to, uh, you know, an after after work activity to taking care of your parents to a committee you're on to something with the kids or something with friends or, you know, whatever. And you're just going from one to two to three to four to five to six to seven. Like, and it is survival mode. And when you're handling survival mode well, you feel really good about yourself. Hmm. Does that make, does that it make does. sense? Like That's true. When you handle survival mode, you're like, I'm the best. I'm a ball. And how often does that happen? Well, normally it happens like one, two, three, four, and then you get to five, six, seven, and eight, and you're like, through four, you're like, I'm the bomb. And through eight, you're like, I'm going to crawl up in a fetal position in a corner and weep. Um, but... I, so I think there's survival mode for busyness, but then I think there's, you know, and we've, we've referenced it. I think there's identity mode. Um, you know, the, you know, you said, Hey, what is the thing you people ask first? What do you do? Um, one of the questions though we get from people all the time is, Hey, how, how are you? And the common answer is I'm tired or I'm busy. Yep. Um, and those are the things we, like, if you asked me how I was doing and I was like, whew feel rested people would look at you like what does that mean um and so we've adopted that i think as as an identity a bit and again i mean 
we're not splitting hairs. I mean, I don't think there's stuff, you know, I don't think we have to worry about it all that much, but I think for me, when I look at it, I look at it at like, what's the layer behind all of this identity stuff. And so, you know, I get, I used this example earlier. I'll use it again. I, when I have the to-do list and the tyranny of the urgent, I get overwhelmed. So all of a sudden I'm, I'm overwhelmed. And when I'm overwhelmed, I begin to struggle. Um, when I begin to struggle, you know, what I mean by that is I'm not, I'm not actually going to God for who I am. I'm not, I'm not learning to rest in him. I'm anchoring myself in getting all of the things done. Um, and so God tends to become a piece of my busyness. So I can, I can do a Bible study, a book study, a sermon prep, a two counseling meetings, my own quiet times. I can achieve all of them and not connect with God because he is a part of my busyness that I'm checking off. Um, and my, my identity is actually in the busyness and, and me being in control of everything. And there's the danger. Uh, and eventually when I crash, the crash comes hard. Uh, and I don't, you know, it's a month in and I don't even realize that I'm away. And those crashes can look a lot of different ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you see identity in all the ones that we've chosen so far. Um, I see that, and it's a great point, but I also see exhaustion. It yeah. just are in your to-do list or whatever. I, I mean, people are exhausted. Yeah. They are just exhausted, and so... What do you do? How do you get replenished is the yeah. question. And there's so many places that we turn. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's good. All right. I think we have time for two more picks, but quick explanations. So you get a third pick and I'll get a, a pick. Okay. I don't know what it's called in the sports world, but what if they pick someone that's not even really one of the people that are on the list to begin with? On the list. They're not in the green room. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a name for that, uh, but yeah. I'm going off the list. I mean, you've already done it. So what I mean, I'm, I'm throttling your team, but whatever. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. I think uh, church itself <laughs> oh my can be a distraction. Yeah. I do. You kind of talked about it a little yeah, bit yeah. with your busyness, but I do. I think church All itself right. can be um, a, a huge distraction with our walk with God. Not intentionally, of course, Yeah. because we think we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. But All right. Real quick, I can just yep. bring out three points. Um, one you pretend to have it all together. You mm. think church is a place that you um, have to have it together, so you're not going to show your weaknesses, you're not going to show your struggles, and it's just, it's not your real self. Yeah. So if it's not your real self, then you're not living the life. Yeah. You're not at all. So yeah. that's that's one. Um, all the busyness that you said, church activities, Bible studies, prayer meets, meetings, all that kind of stuff, it can be, we think that's what makes us right with God. Mm -hmm. I do all this, so now I'm right with God. Right. Again, 
totally against what the life is, and that is understanding that, no, our rightness with God is only because of Jesus and receiving gospel grace and all the different things that are part of the life. So we're messed up. We're just totally messed up. Third one, a little more personal, not saying I ever do this, but I've heard people do this. Uh, When you're listening to a message, it's like, oh, Johnny needs to hear this. Or my (laughs) husband, I hope he's listening right now and all that kind of stuff. And we're as we're even receiving the word, we're not even bringing it into our own life, but we're constantly judging others and pointing to others instead of looking at ourselves. Come on, come on. No, I'm guilty as charged. Well, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm trying to make you see this was a good pick. It's a good pick. Yeah. It's a good pick. Um, Wow. I was going to go off the board for mine, but then we're we're leaving, I think, one. So I won't go off the board. We'll do it in an honorable mention at the end. Uh, I think with my pick, I'm just going with sin. Ooh. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Which people labeled as selfishness, desire for comfort and control, self-righteousness, habits, addiction. Um, Yep. You know, and I think it maybe speaks for itself and we're going to talk about it in the next section, but, but sin, this, this exile or the separation from God, missing the mark, whatever, however you want to kind of chat about it. I think, you know, we get distracted because we want to do things our ourself way? and yes. our way. Um, so, I, yeah, we'll talk about that one more later. Here's here's an honorable mention list for you. All right, and, let's hear it. Uh, we'll just go quickly. Um, people outside of the faith. Ooh. Um, that was one that people that people gave, and I think it's true. Trying to navigate and live, we live in a world, you know, especially for students that is increasingly post-Christian, um, and so people outside of the faith that are their friends that have said, "Now, uh, you know, I don't believe." I, I, it's it's tough to kind of navigate that. Um, uh, we had activities. As one, and that, that's kind of like with the busyness. Yeah, I feel like we covered that. Um, inattention to my inner life. Um, what do you mean by that? <laughs> uh, I think that you know, a couple people said this, and I think it's just that they don't, um, they they don't know, or they're not learning how to actually be with God. Um, oh. Much like your church one, it's like I've I've lived a life of. How do I achieve rightness with God? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, grace says, actually, he's pursuing you. He will finish you to completion. He like, and so instead of attending to him, um, we're trying to achieve him. Uh, and I'll, I'll t- two more. I think knowledge is a big distraction. I think we in in our culture believe that the more knowledge we have, the better off we're going to be. And and I think, especially with students and younger ones, they try to gather all the knowledge and it actually keeps them from knowing God Uh, because they want every answer to every question and every answer to everything. And think they can have it because they they do have it on their phone, right or wrong. So I think that's a big one. yeah, those are some honorable mentions. Uh, one other one that people kind of mentioned is uh, ADD, ADHD, and I don't, you know, I think this is not the clinical ADD, ADHD discussion, but just that we are a distracted 
people um, who now have less and less attention span. Um, and uh, we're just kind of predisposed to be distracted, which again, that's not the clinical understanding of ADD, ADHD. But So uh, there's our... There's our draft. I uh, think uh, we've made a pretty good case that we are very easily distracted. Yeah. So this is the end of uh, this first chunk, which is the welcome and us tackling the distraction. Uh, we're going to play a little snippet of music for you uh, so that you can go pee. Um, or Oh, <laughs> use the restroom. <laughs> Sorry. I always get a Tinsley. Mason has a... <laughs> We've been on text threads through life, and Mason has just, whenever she types in my names now, it's in all caps. Always. Because, automatically. Because I say dumb things. Um, <laughs> like that one. So, sorry. Let's go to the music. We're going to go to the music. Bye. As we're ending this section here, I think it would be good to just kind of pause and reflect a minute. So, we came up with some questions that might help you with this time of reflection. Yeah, and again, if you're driving somewhere, you don't need to do it. Well, driving, maybe you can, but if you're, I don't know, putting your kid down to bed or something, like you don't have to, to do it right now. But here's two questions. We'll put them in the bio for you, too. Uh, what is your question number one? What is your top three for distractions? The top three things that distract you from connecting with God. Um, and question two is... How do, do those distractions affect your connection with God? Can you begin to explain that, acknowledge that, see that? All right, sounds good. All right. Well, so in the first section, what we talked about was just the dilemma of distraction in our world and how prevalent it is. Um, I don't know that... I think I don't think anybody will argue against that. So I would agree. What we're trying to do in this one, uh, this little chunk, uh, chunk two, we'll call it, is you know to talk about biblically what is what's happening when we have a relationship with God, when we are living the life, what's happening there, and then to give some personal examples of how does this all play in and, and how does distraction affect us? Um, and yeah. I would agree. I think this is an important part because if we're just stopping at, okay, we're distracted people, but we don't know <laughs> what to do or even have, you know, a place to go in the Bible to see, okay, really, what do we do with these distractions? Then it's, it's crazy. There's no reason to even be doing the podcast. Right. Cause the goal isn't to say, well, then get rid of your phone and your children. Uh, uh, no, yeah. that's not going to happen. Uh, and your church. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so we're trying to paint a picture of basically what is it what is it to live the life and what is it to be with God and obviously we're going to look at Jesus. Right. Exactly. I so one of the things that I have been fascinated with recently when I read the Bible is when you look at Jesus and you get to like a John 5, right? Um, or even before that, when you when you look at him in general, all the times that the gospels basically say, Hey, Jesus goes out and he's with the Father, and he prays with the Father, and he's with the Father, and then he comes in and he does things. Well, and then you get to like a John 5, and it's all throughout John where passages like this where it says 
the Son of Man can do nothing of his own accord. Nothing. It's nothing. Amazing. Nothing. But only what he sees the Father doing. And I, like, I think there are definitely times in my walk with Christ and living the life where I feel like I am doing what the Father's asking me to do. But to say nothing. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, the, it's, it's, you know, when we talk, hey, when you have a life with Christ, you're going to submit to Christ. Like you're going to submit to the Father. This, there's a submission here where he's saying, I'm going to do what the Father asked me to do. That runs counter to all of these distractions, which are basically distractions saying, you get to choose your identity for yourself. And God is saying, actually, I, I get to identify you. And I'm the, the author of your life. And well, so that you're whole presuming, thing. though. I mean, when he's saying, I only I only do what I see the Father doing, or later there's another place where he says, I only do what the Father tells me. You're making the assumption that you're listening and you're yeah. looking. You know, so yeah. you have to pause and listen. You have to pause and look. And that's not always easy to do. Right. And I think the other assumption we make is that if we were to do these things, if we were to pause and listen, that the the result would be blessing. Oh. And I'm, I'm fascinated too. Like, I mean, Jesus does only what the Father wants him to do, and he ends up on the cross, um, which we just don't define as blessing. Oh, um, absolutely. <laughs> so... It's a fascinating, uh, yeah, I think that's interesting. How, but it doesn't stop there. I mean, right. it's, that's where the promise of the Holy Spirit and all that, because without the Holy Spirit, we can't do any of this. Exactly. Yeah. Paul says that we are a new creation and that, you know, and Jesus says, hey, he's going away and he's going to give us the spirit and the spirit is going to teach and remind us. Right. And he says in John 15 that we are to abide in him, which is this active. You're going to remain in me. Um, and sometimes I think we we just assume it should be easy. Um, and yeah, we assume it should be easy, but there's a, there's a work like remaining abiding is to choose to go and listen. And like you said, to rest, (laughs) to, to pause, to be able to be with him and to allow him to have this connection with you where distraction pulls us from it. I know, but it's not like we're all called to be monks or something where all we're going to do is this, um, and I'm focusing (laughs) on God now. I mean, that's not life. Right. I mean, we have busy, busy lives. So right. we look to Jesus. We see that he's only doing what he sees the Father doing. We have this where we're remaining in the vine. And if we understand that it's this connection we need to have. But how do you have these connections without being exhausted by what life is throwing at you? And just, I mean, it's just a very hard, difficult thing, it seems like. Yeah, and I don't think it's supposed to be that way. You know, so you look at a passage like Matthew 10, um, where Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So wow. when, when I, I, yeah, I mean. We read something like that and it's like, I want that. 
I want that. Exactly. And you read uh, abide and remain and it's active and we're like, eh. (laughs) I want it, but uh, But what's it going to cost me? Yeah. So I I look at it as, I've come to look at this uh, as a picture of identity. We talked a lot about identity in part one. Um, when, When I am operating out of me defining myself and my own identity, the burden is, it tends to be heavy, right? Um, because I'm, I'm in control of who I am with my family, who I am at work, who I am in my relationships, who I am in every step of the way I'm in control. I I find myself there. Well, well, my yoke is not restful there. And my burden is not light because my whole identity is caught up in what I do in every situation in life. Um, when my burden is light, it's when I'm, when I'm doing what the father is doing and I'm, I'm doing what the father tells me to do in regards to my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my kids, my relationship at work. Like now, actually the, the burden is lighter. Like it's not, a, you know, because I'm, I'm doing what he is asking me to do and I'm confident of it. it. Whether it turns out well or, you know, poorly, quote unquote, uh, is, isn't the, the big deal because I've done what he's asked me to do. So for me, it's, I, I've learned that it's a big identity thing for me. And it almost know. seems like it's a pressure off when you can get yourself to that point. Right. Right. Because I'm walking in step, you know, this picture, this, this take the yoke is this picture of, of, of an older oxen and a younger oxen and the younger oxen learns to be in step with the older one. So he can do the work where, where if he's not with the older one, he just runs ahead and wears himself out and, and he's exhausted. Um, and he, and he doesn't do the work. So Jesus in Matthew 10 is telling us that, you know, he wants to give us rest when we're living these exhausting lives that we sometimes are living. Um, and it could be just, you're exhausted because your kids are yelling all day and fighting all day and all that. And, you know, you really, by people looking at your life, you haven't even done anything, but still it's exhausting. And so, Back to the point of the verse, I think, is that he's saying, I want to give you rest. But sometimes we tend to go to other things to replenish, to get us that rest that we so spirit, I mean, we so desire. And it's like Jesus saying, no, 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 turn to me, turn to me. Right. And the thing, you know, all of those are the distractions from part one that we tend to run to. Um, I think it plays into Matthew 6, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew 6, 33 talks about how we are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So we are to look to him first before we look to our phone. We're to look to him first before, you know, we get our identity from our spouse. You know, we're not to right. look to our spouse to tell us how we're doing and if we're good. We're to look to God, you know. Right. So, yeah, it all plays together, I think. I like the, you have an image you use often of rocks in a jar. Will you like oh, yeah, that, play that out? That fits right in with the verse about seeking first. Um, you guys have probably heard this about how you have this large jar and then um, 
we have our big rocks, things that we know we're supposed to do. So, um, you know, we want to spend time with God and we want to um, spend quality time with our family and we want to be, you know, the best person we can be at our job. You know, those are right. non-negotiable. We are, right. those are the three big rocks. Um, but then we have a lot of smaller rocks that, play an important part of our lives. I mean, we've got things we've got to do. We've got chores we've got to do. We've got to make meals. We've got to whatever. Right. That list, those are rocks that, you know, they need to get done. But then we also have a lot of little rocks that we like to do. And those little rocks can be very plentiful too. And so if we're going to the things that we like to do and put those in our jar first, put those in our day first, then there's not a lot of room left for the medium-sized um, rocks and especially the big rocks. There's yeah. just not enough room. But they show us that if you put the big rocks in first and then the next size and then the small ones, well, now, yeah, yeah they fit. But first, seek the kingdom of God. It's what right. jars, I mean, what are you putting in your jar first? Right. And I, I think for me, Personally, and I, I think we'll get, you know, what we're going to transition to here is a couple personal examples, but you can use this, you know, for me, I, it's not even the little rocks aren't even the things, you know, necessarily that are good things. Like that's where I put my distractions and I just mm -hmm. put all my distractions in my jar first, but also things that can be good things, you know, like, like, uh, you know, family, uh, but I think politics and, you know, your political party and all that stuff, these, these tend to get an outsized rock size in the jar. And all of a sudden, we're not abiding, we're not doing, we're not doing what we see the father doing. We're attempting to control our our faith in our own way in a way that we're like you're gonna like this god <laughs> and, and like let me show you how this will be great and uh and we don't end up seeking first but let's let's transition to some personal examples and kind of walk through you know here's how distraction gets us um and keeps us from being connected to god um and living the life uh and and how god wants to play it out you want to go first or you want me to go first? I can go first. Okay. Uh, personally, one of the things I struggle with is comparison. Hmm. I look to other people and I admire, you know, mm -hmm. how God has created them and how God has gifted them, which is a good thing. Right. Um, but I want to be like them or I think mm -hmm. I need to be like them. So um, I wish I was funnier than like this person or I wish I was a people person like this person mm -hmm. and, you know, someone that people always want to run to or I wish, you know, whatever, what you can list just about anything. And I look to other people and say, man, I wish I was like that. And that's, that, that, that that's that's messed up <laughs> yeah. but normal it, like, yes i mean we all do it yes um but it is messed up because yeah. now i'm looking to other people to say who i am and i'm seeing that i don't measure up to whatever mm -hmm. that bar is that i have put this person at and so now i'm down on myself <laughs> and i'm in a pit and i'm you know whatever and i'm not fun and i'm not this and i'm right. not that and it's like, okay, it is just totally messed up. And so when I find myself, 
um, in those pits, that's where I'm just like, all right, stop, stop. Right. You know, this, you know, noticing that I'm in a pit is the first step. Right. You know, and then what do you do about it? And that's where it's like, okay, I need to turn to truth. What do I know to be true? And identity. Identity plays a huge part in this. Like, okay, well, who am I? And that's where you go to the truth that you know. I know I'm a child of God. I know that I am created in his image. I know that I am gifted. I know all these things that because the Bible tells me. Now, of course, you got to know what the Bible says. Right. Exactly. Because that has to be your measure of truth. Because if you're looking to the world, to tell yep. you what is true about yourself. It's a totally different story. Right. Okay. So I run and I look to, I remind myself, what do I know to be true? And then just looking at, okay, that's how God has created them. I can celebrate that as I should. Right. But God's created me this way and just using the way that he's created me. So the comparison yeah. factor is is gone if it's like one's better than the other. Right. And it's not. We're all the same level then of like, that's cool. God's made you that way. He's made me this way. Right. Does that make sense? It does. Because we're doing a podcast on distraction. Oh. Where does distraction fit into that? That's, you know. Yeah, that that whole scenario. So you're you're comparing Mm -hmm. where, you know, and in in the good ways, you you realize you're comparing God calls you to the carpet and you respond. Where does distraction fit in? It's in the pit. Okay. It's when I'm in that pit of like, oh man, you know, I stink and they're good. You know, it's in that pit that it's like, well, now I don't want to think those things. So instead I'm going to be distracted. I'm going to go to my phone and I'm going to just have a total mind numbing session because I don't right. want to deal with it. Right. Um, and then that's where God gently or not gently yeah. says, uh-uh, get back here. We yeah. got to deal with this. So, in in some ways, there's two distractions, right? One is the the thing we all do, which is compare ourselves, and two is the the escape of of dealing with the initial distraction of I'm going to compare myself. Um, yeah, yeah. What about you? How does it play out? Yeah, I. You know, I think I can hear, you know, I I can hear a harsh word um, about me. So whether it's, you know, let's say a harsh word from Kelly, uh, who's my wife, by the way, um, or I'm, I'm overwhelmed at work or I've done something wrong um, and I am justly called out on, on it. Any, any of those types of things uh, can throw me into a spiral. Um, and when I get into that spiral, um, what I tend to do is I tend, I have, I have a good relationship with my phone, um, for distraction. So I tend to, instead of dealing with that thing, I'll run to distraction. Um, and I'll, you know, and I'll, so I'll play stupid phone games. I'll, I'll scroll all that stuff. Um, I also tend to you know, and this is a separate distraction from my phone. I also tend to, um, tell a bunch of stories in my head. So let's say, um, I get called out on something I did wrong at work. Um, I, I can tend to run to a story in my head, um, rather than running to what God would have me 
me do. And then I'll tell that story. I'll ruminate on that story. I'll sit and then I'll play phone games and then I'll like, and I'll, I'll do this. Um, and I, I join distraction with a little bit of this identity crisis that I have. Um, you know, and this is really sin, right? Like, so God, God defines who I am. And I have basically said, you know what? I am not that I am my sin. So I failed. Therefore I am a failure. Um, and I'll just sit in it. (laughs) Um, and I'll just identify with that failure where, where what God is wanting to do is to say, Hey, you failed. Um, but that's not who you are. I define who you are. And what I'm asking you to do is to repent and bring that to me, to the cross. Uh, and, and you are a child of God who is loved. You've been made new, you know, like, and instead I'm, I'm on my phone or I'm telling a story in my head. Um, and I, I, you know, I failed. The, the other thing I would say that, that, you know, sin comes in and creeps in with me in it is sometimes I declare myself a failure. Uh, and sometimes I just, I allow myself to be too comfortable with my sin and I consider it too lightly, if that makes sense. So like both of them, what both of them do is I'm either distracted and sitting and kind of running to the escape and, and ruminating in this story that I'm telling myself that I'm a failure or I'm justifying my sin, all of them keep me from actually becoming like Christ. Okay, so what what gets you out of that escapism or denial and brings you back? What is it that helps you do that, to do what we just saw in the verses, to do you know, only what we see the Father doing and, and that it is an active remaining there and it's supposed to be light and it's supposed to be first? You know, so how do you go from that situation and get back to God? Yeah, it, it's it's me pausing and reflecting and sitting with him and knowing him. Now, that's... You know, if I if I have, you know, walk, how do I say this? If I have ruminated in the thoughts for thirty seconds, and I catch it, you know, and I'm like, oh God, what am I doing? It's pretty quick. If I've allowed myself to sit in the pit for a week, it's way harder. Mm-hmm. Um, I really then have to to, you know, remind myself, you know, I'll read scripture. I'll begin to say, okay, this is God. This is who you tell me who I am. Um, and I have to really sit in it, uh, with him and allow him to kind of say that, you know, yeah, you, you messed up. (laughs) Um, he's, he's not, he doesn't overlook my sin. Uh, he's calling me to something out of that sin. And so it's, it's, it's very similar to you. Like I have to, I don't have to stare at the things of the pit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't have to stare at the phone and say, I can't use the phone. Like I'm just staring at the sin then. I'm staring at the challenge then. I have to learn to stare at him and who he declares me to be, uh, which is, you know, which is what I'm trying to learn to do more and more and, and more quickly uh, within it. That's excellent. That's excellent. So spending that time with him, taking the time to say, no, 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 I need to stop. 
yeah. to stop what I'm doing. And I have found, I'm sure as you have, that there are times where I can spend time with him. And oh. you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, that's my to-do list. And there are times where it's like, no, no, I'm wrestling with God. Uh, and I'm allowing him to wrestle with me and form me. Well, thankfully, that's where the Holy Spirit comes exactly. in. Exactly. Because yeah. if it was up to us, we couldn't do it. And thankfully, that's where the life starts is receiving gospel grace exactly. again and again and again. Exactly. Not a one-time thing when you came to Christ, but moment right. by moment, it's right. there. All right, before we go to our next section, Tinsley, why don't we give them some some things to reflect on and some questions maybe to help them to process what we've just been talking about. Yeah, how about these for questions? Uh, we talked about the rocks that go in and the big and the medium and the small. That um, just, you know, reflect on what what you kind of put in that, in that jar. What do you put before God? Um, and another one would be, are you aware uh, of your pits? <laughs> not your armpits. Uh, are you aware of the struggles that you have? Uh, and if you're in a pit, uh, are you aware of what it takes to move um, out of that pit? You know, yeah, there you go. All right, Tinsley, we are back. And just as a quick review, we've looked at um, how we are to live the life that God has called us to live, but we find ourselves living a very distracted life. And we looked at in detail some of the distractions that people have to deal with. Um, and then we went to the Word and we saw how Jesus was not distracted. Not at all. And so what does that look like for us? How do we stay focused like Jesus was? How do we abide? How do we put on this yoke that supposedly is easy? You know, what does it look like to make God the priority, him the big rock that we're seeking first? That's where we've been. Yep. So now where are we going? Yeah, I think what we want to do in each one of these podcasts is present just a practical discipline that helps. And some of this you've heard before, uh, and we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We are trying to say um, these are practical historical disciplines that help. So, um, you know, you, again, you think of Jesus going off, <laughs> you know, this one is akin to that. Um, and historically, it's kind of been there. So we're using a book. Um, yeah, this is a book that we both have read called The Emotionally yeah. Healthy Spirituality. And the author, who is, I don't know how to say that, Peter somebody. Peter Scazzaro. There you go. He, he introduces a discipline that can help you. In this yeah. way. So why don't we go ahead and start explaining what his idea is? Yeah, the, he calls it the daily office and it is a, it's an ancient practice. So like any of these books on spiritual formation will have it in them, um, but it's called the daily office. And he says there's four steps to the daily office. And so, and he, he says you take about 10 minutes, uh, three times a day is what he does. And we'll talk about, you know, we'll talk about how many times a day, whatever. But, the, but what's the goal of this daily yeah. office? Yeah, the goal is to, <coughs> excuse me, is to cough. The goal is to effectively remind yourself 
uh, and be reminded of who God is and how he is involved in a part of your life uh, throughout the day. So it's to not forget him. It's to be, you know, in terms of this podcast, if the dilemma is distraction, then this is how we begin to be attentive to God. Um, We have to learn to be attentive to him because the world presents just distraction. And so a kingdom life, a, a living the life is an attentive life. And so this is to be attentive. All right. And you said there were four elements to it. Let's go. Yeah. Element number one, he says, is stopping. So whatever you're doing, you have to stop. (laughs) That's that's hard. Um, Maybe it's for some, it's not hard when they get up in the morning. Correct. That this could be, you know, one of our times and I can stop right now before I whatever with my day and focus on God. But during the day, that is hard. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, interestingly, students tend to have a harder time stopping in the morning because of their sleep cycles, Mm. where adults tend to have an easier time stopping in the morning because we, you know, it hurts to sleep anyway now. So we wake up at, you know, (laughs) at the crack of dawn and we're like, I don't even got to be up. Um, We tend to stop where a student, you're like dragging them out of bed by their hair. Um, but stopping is the thing. Um, I love how he says it. I'm just going to read his quote. He says, "Central." well, before I read the quote, so he presents stopping at least three times a day, morning, midday, night. Uh, I have practiced this over the last month being, you know, trying to, to get at this podcast. I have tried to practice three times a day. Um, I don't often succeed. And, and I would still say that this has been helpful to me. I'm most successful in the morning. Um, I'm probably second most successful, pretty equally midday and night. Sometimes it depends on, you know, just the schedule and stuff. I tend to be tired at night, which makes it Like sometimes I'll do it, but it's not, you know, uh, I'm tired. (laughs) So, but I love his quote uh, about doing stopping at midday. He says, central to the challenge of stopping at midday, for example, is to trust that God is on the throne. He rules. I don't. At each office, I give up control and trust God to run his world without me. Wow. So it's like we have this huge to-do list on our day and we feel like we can't stop. Right. But what he's saying, no, you still need to stop trusting God that he can handle you taking this 10 minutes and help you to still get accomplished what you need to get accomplished. Yeah. Or at least what he wants you to get accomplished. And it's, you know, and coming upon that, like it's important for us to say, you know, if, if you are a stay-at-home mom uh, or stay-at-home dad with five kids under the age of 10, your stopping will look different than a recently retired empty nester. <laughs> the, the, the goal isn't for every stopping to look the same. The, the goal is for us to figure out how to attune our, our, you know, to, to stop, to just, to take a pause. So same, you know, with someone who's working, you know, like my job affords me times because it's a pretty flexible 
to say, hey, I'm going to stop. Um, but there are other times in my work, you know, when it, where, you know, a VBS is happening, like you're not going to stop. It, it doesn't afford the time to do it. And we all know that certain jobs are like this. So, again, the goal isn't to say, oh, it has to look exactly. The goal is for, you know, the principle is for you within where you're at and how your life is structured. How do you just take a moment? Um, right. And that moment can literally be a moment. Yes. It doesn't, I mean, they're saying 10 minutes for all this and right. that may not be even right. at all feasible. Yeah. It, you, you, you know you and you know what your situation is you're, and you'll know when it's, when you're, when you're exiting saying, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little more, I'm connected with God. Like I mm-hmm. have a, a sense of his presence and a sense, you know, if you're not getting a sense of his presence through it, then you're, you, that's the goal. So you're, you're trying to be okay. attentive to him. So, so yeah. the first step is stopping. Yeah. Second step, uh, step. <laughs> yeah. If you're taking notes, first step, stopping, second step, uh, centering, he calls it, um, you know, he says, so Psalm 37 says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Be still, Psalm 46, and know that I am God. Um, so a centering is, you know, trying to, to once you stop, to let focus. go, to focus. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I see that... Um, as sometimes difficult because when you tell me to be still, I am not a still person. Right. Um, but if the goal is to focus on God, it's like, okay, so what does that look like? And in the book they recommend, and I, I do too, a lot of times it's just breathing. It's yeah. just taking a moment and just stopping first step. But the centering is then just taking, you know, that deep breath and exhaling and just, you know, you can be saying something as you're doing it. Um, what do they call that? Um, a breath prayer, a breath prayer. You can, you can do that or, or it's just, you're just praying to God, just, you know, Lord, just help me slow down right now. I want to focus on you, you know, Holy spirit, enable me to do that. You know, whatever it takes to get you to just, you know, go away from whatever you've been doing and focus on God. Yeah. And I, there are, when I talk to students about this, there are definitely students that are like, you want me to stop and you want me to, you know, not have something on around me, but attend to God. And I'm like, yes. I think that's a good practice. And their rebuttal is, when I do that, bad thoughts come. Um, And I do think that's a true battle. Um, And it's worthy, if that's you, it's worthy to, you know, you might not get through all four of these, but it might be a battle for you to, okay, I'm going to stop. And I'm going to fight the battle for a little bit rather than be distracted and rather than run to constant music or constant noise or constant phone or constant whatever. I'm going to stop and I'm just going to repeat truth about who God says I am over and over and over and over and over in my head for two minutes, three minutes, ten, you know, he says 10 minutes, um, 10 is, a you know. A, a long time if, if you've never done anything like this. Right. Um, but, but for students, you know, uh, and, and I think it goes to adults too. When, when, if you stop and that immediately fills your brain with, 
I'm a failure. Well, that's not of God. So now you have to immediately fill yourself. Anyway, which I don't know. Well, that does. That That leads into the third step. Right. Because in our stillness, there's silence. You know, you can be doing the breath prayers, but then you want to be listening and you have to be careful with what you're hearing. You know, is it of God or is it not? And so, but yeah, that's an important step in connecting with God is listening. So that in me means being silent. Yes. Which, which transitions us and then we'll give an example, but that transitions us into the fourth one, which is to have scripture, um, within it. So you're stopping, you're centering, you're being still, you're being silent. And then you're, you're reminding yourself of truth, um, by having a scripture, um, can I yeah. give an example? Yes, absolutely. Um, one way. of the scriptures that I like to focus on when I'm having trouble focusing on God is um, I go to Psalm 103. Mm. Um, it is just an incredible psalm. I encourage you to take a look at it. And yeah. it's just truth after truth after truth of who God is and what he's done for 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 us. So that that would be one I would recommend. Yeah, it's a good one. And so for me, I'll give another example. For me, I've been in prep for this this podcast. I've been attempting to do this. Uh, I, you should know about me that I, no one has ever described me as a super disciplined human. Um, and so uh, I, I've been trying the daily office. And I like to think of it as, you know, if you've ever seen the movie The Princess Bride, um, I, I don't call it the daily office. I don't like that name. I like the the scene in The Princess Bride where um, Inigo Montoya, like Vincini has died. Do you remember this? I do. And Inigo Montoya is, he's drunk and he, you know, he says, you told me to go back to the beginning. Go back to the beginning. So he goes back to the beginning. I like to think of this as just going back to the beginning. Every time I'm going back to be reminded of what God says about me. Um, And so I sit, I stop. uh, And for me, as I've done this, um, I have engaged the Lord's prayer. And so as I center, one of the things that helps me to center is to to begin the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. For me to to center on his character, that he's good, that he's big, that he's, that he's mighty, that he's authority. All of these things center me uh, into the reality of who he is. And then I, I, I tend to spend time in silence. And if, if my mind is cluttered, which it often is, I tend to just go to that next line of the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I, I tend to just go through whatever's presenting in my head and, and try to allow that, God, you, whatever you want to happen in this, happen in it. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Um, so I struggle with the silent part a lot because I'm I'm a squirrel. Uh, and so that happens. But but for me, that prayer of your kingdom come, your will be done has been helpful for me. Boy, a psalm like Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west, is would be awesome to ruminate on uh, and to think on. Um, 
And so, you know, mine have been anywhere from two minutes to 10 minutes. I would say I've done, you know, mornings had been most successful for me. Uh, I, I benefit greatly when I manage to do <laughs> midday um, and night. Nights, you know, hardest on me, I get, I think. But um, yeah, my best time, honestly, was when I was in Guatemala on the mission trip. So it, it was probably the busiest, but because it was out of my normal pattern, I was able to be able to step in, which I think is instructive. Like you're going to fight a battle within your normal rhythm. Like it's harder for me to say no to my my kids and my routine mm -hmm. than it is. Um, and it's easier for me to slide into my distractions. Like my phone wasn't a distraction in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah. But another place where you can maybe fit things like this in, I'm just thinking now of the mom who's at home. I mean, it could be while you're washing dishes Yes, and you're still going to continue washing dishes, but instead of having music playing or yeah. listening to the news while you're doing it, it's like, no, I'm going to use this time to focus yeah. um, or maybe it's when you're taking your shower maybe that's yeah. the only time you have and that's okay um, but just find those moments where you can do what they're saying you know the, the steps yeah. again stop center yeah. be silent and use scripture yeah so well, what we would encourage you guys to do um, is to press pause on this podcast right now um, and just attempt it. Five, ten minutes. And if you've never attempted something like this, if you've never attempted to stop and to center and to be silent, you're going to find three minutes is a lot. <laughs> so so do three minutes. Um, but grab a scripture. Grab Psalm 103. Uh, you know, open it up on your phone or on your Bible and allow that to speak to you. Um, and, you know, we. so yeah, that's what we would recommend to you is to give it a whirl right now. And it is a practice. It's not... Um, perfection right away. Yeah, it's not perfection. It is something, it's a tool to use in your, you know, your bag of tricks to say, how do I be attentive to God? Um, I try it two, three times a day. Uh, I do not always succeed. All right, let's turn it off. And we'll, when we come back, we will have our conclusion. All right. All right, everybody, I hope as you just try it for the first time or maybe your hundredth time, I don't know, but I, I hope as you say, okay, I'm going to step in to a practice that allows me to be attentive to God, that you realize the beauty of it. It, again, I, it doesn't work every time for me. It's not like a transactional thing that because I do this, I'm now... Mm -hmm. Uh, aligned with God. It, it, it is a practice that is allowing you to attempt to be aware and attuned and attentive to him in a world of distraction. And so that's what this whole thing is about. Again, have, with yeah. the goal of living the life that God has right. called us to live. Exactly. So how do you do that? Well, this is one tool in your, yeah. in your tool belt that maybe will help you to be more attentive to God. So yeah. that, yeah. 
Yeah. And there's nothing special about the tool. <laughs> it, it just has been found uh, by people throughout history to be helpful. And so we want to give that to you and make you aware of that. Um, again, the whole podcast, we, we talked about the dilemma. We talked about God. Um, we talk, you know, uh, and, and we give this resource. Um, the Life 360 wants to be an encouraging and an, an equipping arm of hope within this. Um, so if you, uh, you know, would want to reach out about the Life 360 and just about this podcast and about anything or if you want to just kind of someone to process with um, the best email right now is just my email it's jtinsley at hopemason.org we'll put it in the bio for you um, and we'd love to we'd love to just kind of begin to process what this means and what this looks like um, and and kind of you know that's what that's what hope church is about people helping people uh, live the life um, and that's what we want to be about is, is people knowing God. So you guys are the best. Um, Thanks for nice. joining us. It's been a delight. It has been.